Hello and welcome to part two of my mono green deep dive with Rint Maxim Salmon. Enjoy the continuation of this show. Okay, um, we're going to talk quickly about the five drops. Um, mm-hmm. No one is really main decking five drops. Um, what like? I, I don't even know that we need to get into them. But like, let me ask you yeah. why? Why is no one playing five? and higher creatures in this deck is it just because our one through four drops are just good mm-hmm. enough is it because we want our top end to just be nissa like what like why isn't anyone playing these five drops like right like um, elder gargaroth right like wouldn't elder gargaroth be a perfect top end for this deck why aren't people playing that mm-hmm. in mono green yeah i think ironically elder gargaroth is more of an anti-green card <laughs> yes <than the> green <laughs> card itself uh, and that's and that's a very good application, I have to say. Very yep. scary. Usually there are not too many copies, or maybe like one. Uh, but yeah, uh, no, honestly, it, it just comes down from the mana base. I like to run 24 lands. I'm still fine with that. Uh, if you were to run any 5 drops, I think it's safe to say you should play 25 lands or some kind of mana ramp like Paradise Druid. Uh, actually, there, there was a deck with Lanoir Visionary that did really well in the Red Bull. I think it was like top 32 or even 16 uh, in this past Red Bull. Uh, so yeah, uh, it requires just you know just a, a, an according mana base, 25 lands or some kind of mana dorks, uh, and that's pretty much it. That's the story of it. I wouldn't run it otherwise. Uh, otherwise, I, I'm running 20 20. Uh, 24 lands. I don't have any Paradise Druid, anything like that, and that and that works for me. That's what I uh, kind of believe in. Uh, and again, if you're if you're building any any aggro deck, any sort of um, yeah, any sort of like creature based aggro, or in just in general fast and more of a faster aggro, you probably want to you probably want everything that costs four or more to have an immediate effect. Yeah. So currently, let's say if I have Garak, Questing Beast, Vivian, they all do good things for me immediately the turn they come out. Yeah. Uh, the exception is, of course, the Great Henge. But even Henge, honestly, uh, the, you have a decent number of early game creatures, so you can get a draw immediately off of Henge. That's what yeah. I like to do. Yep, Sometimes, some it, it, yeah, in some of those matchups where I know, let's say in the mirror, my Henge is going to get threatened. If I'm not desperately like dying or something... I'm totally fine. I'm gonna hold on to my hinge until I get until I can get at least one uh, one trigger out of it. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes it happens immediately too. You like you say you slap a troll immediately. That's perfect. You get a draw. You get a four four. Whatever. Gain life. Awesome. Yeah, I think it's you know it's the same reason why mono red decks aren't running Terror of the Peaks as a top end. It's mm-hmm. just like. That's not yeah. that's not their actual top end. They want their top end to be Embercleave, right? It's like right. yeah, absolutely. We we or want Torben our top also. end to be. We've already killed our opponent by the time turn five comes around, right? So that's mm-hmm. that's kind of the game plan. It's like we're just not like I think one of the reasons you see Elder Gargaroth coming in out of the board in like Reclamation or Bent is that yeah. I mean those you know they're playing Growth Spiral, they're playing Aura, yeah, yeah, right. And so for them, it's, I mean, it's not trivial to cast a five drop, but like 
that mm-hmm. decks that are built to you know have like five mana on turn you know four yeah. sometimes even like turn three or whatever you know it's like they just they have access to so much mana that the cost on the gargaroth isn't a huge tax for them yeah absolutely i, I think you if you're running a lot of these cards you probably have to kind of just uh i don't know re- rebuild your deck a little bit to more of a ramp style and yeah. um there, there were uh, there was one of the viewers in my chat he said he uh, he ran like a su- successfully avert like a ramp monogreen ramp version where you have grazer great horn paradise druid then yeah it totally makes sense you you can you can you can if you can get it out on turn three and it gets on check that's pretty huge right yeah that's, big that's pretty good <laughs> yeah um it's definitely a spicy approach to the deck right um, yeah, I mean it's pretty interesting, right? Prob- it's, probably it's, pretty it's also, swingy, I imagine. Like some games, yeah, I mean, you just um, crush it, and some games you're just right. You know. Again, with these with these ramp deck, like that's more of a that's more of a fair ramp, right? Yeah, because we all know what the problem with the ramp card is. The problem is they they draw for yes. itse- for themselves. They compensate already immediately. Grow spiral uro. Uh, yeah, it's just. Uh, no, yes, sure. You're gonna you're gonna blow up some people with turn three Nissa or turn three Gagarov, but still, like from my experience, yeah, like what happens if you don't draw your high end, yeah. or what happens if you draw all your high end but you don't have enough ramp, right? And exactly this, this kind of game, exactly. Which I think is one of the strengths of the mono green deck. Actually, is just consistency. Like, um, I actually think it's one of the yeah. things that recommends it over, like, like say the mono red aggro deck, right? Because that's a deck which can get stuck just drawing a bunch of one ones, right? Um, yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. Or, or like, or, you let's know, say you're not able to get your cleave out on time or something e- like exactly. that. Exactly. Or, you know, I mean, we've seen those like double cleave or triple cleave hands and you just don't have enough threats, right? <laughs> right and so yeah. one of the things that I love about the mono green deck is that most of the cards in your deck are just relevant threats on their own. You know, you just, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, you, you top deck a threat, you slam it down. It's a pretty good card, you know, and it's kind of like, you all know, right, it, deal with this. It's now. kind of, yeah, it's kind of weird with the whole format. And that's why I like, I mean, this is kind of like a very, this very solid and maybe like a classic type of aggro, right? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. The same kind of mentality. You are very stable all the time. The problem is like these synergies, these other synergies are so powerful. Actually, what, whether it's Ember Cleave or whether it's like Cat Oven Devil Claim, right? These mini combos or like even like Reclamation with Explosion, right? And, and, and things like that, right? Yeah, sure. If this, if these synergies go off, they're going to blow you out of the water. Like they're just not, not going to be even close. But so many times I see like Reclamation deck is drawing something, scrying something, cycling something, and then it just die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, interesting. Or like when 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 the rack when the sacrifice player draws like three ovens and no yeah, cats, it's embarrassing. Like, and they just die. I'm like, okay, interesting, interesting game we're having here. I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of not doing anything. I'm just playing whatever I'm playing all the time, you know. Yeah, and just and the the, the outcome of the game is just so different, right? Uh, yeah. Either I just cruise easily, or they just blow me up like in in one turn, basically. But you yeah. know, it is what it is. Uh, I, I just uh, that's why I've never been really a fan of either of these decks, um, and that's you know that's all good. Um, yeah, yeah, that's why I really like it. You know, it's kind of like at least you're playing the game to a certain extent, and you you have 
honestly, like if you think about it, probably the green cards in, in this aggro deck are crazy. Something like I've never seen before. When I started playing Arena, it was after a long, long break off of paper. I'm like, what is this? Like they're, they're actually three mana, five fours with evasion also hey, built yeah. in. It's like Steel Leaf. I was like, what is this? Yorvo got printed Questing Beast. I was like, what is this? I mean, even Yorvo, right? I mean, what the hell? It's like three, three mana, four, four that grows like indefinitely, infinitely. Yeah. I was like, what is this? Right? It's just absurd. Yeah. Uh, but apparently like it's just kind of mediocre, right? You can say, oh, Yorvo, it's like whatever, right? It's just, <laughs> uh, yeah it's, it's pretty funny right yeah the world we live in right exactly, now but it's all good yeah. exactly yeah okay well I, you know i'm gonna keep us moving along here actually i'm gonna skip over i had some other five drops lined up here but i i don't, mm -hmm. just don't think they're that relevant um so let's talk about um we've briefly we touched on stone coil serpent but i as time has gone on i think that card's only gotten better and better oh yeah, yeah i mean absolutely it's, it's never been as good as it is right now right uh absolutely it's pretty crazy right if yeah. you look at like now ujin got reprinted and again yep. it doesn't affect the serpent and yeah yeah literally like the stock of this card just <laughs> rises it from from set to set like from yep. theros to ikoria to to now m m twenty one absolutely so uh, so here's here are some reasons like if you look at the best cards in the format, they're all cards or most of them are cards that can't interact with the serpent, right so yeah, Ugin mm -hmm. can't interact with it, um expansion explosion can't kill it, oro yep. can't block it, it also blocks oro if you need it to um yep. the the Arguably the best cards in the sacrifice decks in the form of uh, Cor oh, yeah. Mayhem Devil, Corval yeah. and Mayhem Devil. They can't interact with it either, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, you uh, it can't get hit by casualties of war. You know, a lot of the yeah. cards which the Saltai decks lean on to get the job done can't hit it either. Teferi can't hit it, yeah. you know? So it's like when you go down the list... It's yeah, like Yorian Krasis also. Yeah, yeah, Yorian Krasis, exactly. They just Oath of Kaya. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Take up any of the companions, you know? It's like yep. I've had Lurus, so many Yeah, Lurus was big, not being able to block it it's... or the mutated gem razor. That's it. I've I've been I've won, you know, a fair number of games when my opponent plays like the defensive Lurus and they think that they're gonna be able to get a block in, they just can't, right? So Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's also, uh, it, it embarrasses the uh, Dreadhode Butcher as well. <laughs> yeah, very nice one too. A big yeah. one too. Re very relevant. Yeah, that's why also, like when, whenever you have that uh, dilemma sometimes versus Rakdos decks, uh, do, I, do I play this 1-1 one, one Serpent yes. or not? Yes. Play it immediately, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've, I've had so many games where I play it out and my opponent's like they tank for a moment and then they play that Butcher <laughs> and say go and you're just like... Got him, got him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, now it is weak to claim the firstborn, so that's always something you need to, you know, watch out for. Um, uh, oh, another one that it plays around nicely is Elspeth Conquers Death, so that feels really good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, probably Glass Casket is the best answer. Yes, Glass Casket's excellent. Uh, that, and, that's, sure. and that's fair enough, right? There has to be something, so it's all good. Okay, so here's... Eliminate, a big, actually. Here's a big question. Yeah, Eliminate's good against it, too. Here's a big question for me. Do you keep it in in the mirror match when your opponent could have the gem razor? 
Yeah, I actually, I don't. Not at all. And uh, not not just because of the gem razor. It's just because of the average stats. Okay. Right? Um, yeah. It's not good. It's not contributing enough to the board to set you up. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's been a perfect, it worked uh, perfectly for me as well. Because, yeah, not only there's a gem razor threat that might create the opportunity of your opponent to actually go on the offense and push through your blockers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just average stats, right? That's not something uh, you're looking for. You're not looking to play early. You're not really looking at to play late either. Like, what what's it for, right? The bigger it is, the more vulnerable it is to their gem razor. And early, it just does, does literally nothing. I think that, uh, honestly, some of these, like, early turns... Uh, in the mirror match are not even important at all you can even skip turn one and turn two altogether sometimes <laughs> yeah uh yeah it's totally fine or you can play, like play hearts desire and then just right. do nothing on turn two play love struck and you're good to go uh that's totally fine again that's a very different game there you can like manipulate your life total you can you can uh, take the damages uh too because again uh, you know most likely it's a green deck. It's not going to burn you down except for the ramp through maybe. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, like Stone Cold is just average stats, I would say. Like, maybe it's it's good if they remove it with Gem Razor and then like there'll be less razors for your hinge too. But yeah, basically for me, it's more so just average stats. Yeah. Well, and I'm thinking about it. You don't benefit from the protection and you don't benefit from the reach, right? So it's just... Yeah, very true. It's like also a lot irrelevant. of what's good yeah. about the card is not relevant in the matchup. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I've, I've, I mean, trample also. Before you, can, before you get to attack sometimes in the mirror, effectively, it might take you a while too. Yes. Yep. That's a really good point. Um, yeah, I just... I don't know. I've I've won a fair number of of mirror matches on the ladder because my opponent um, didn't board out those those stone coils, and I just left. Yeah, I find that to be surprising. A lot of people do that. Yeah, know? yeah. And I was like, also, yeah, I'm pretty happy because the mirror also becomes about the card. Like, if you get if you can get a two for one. That's just what you're looking for. You, it's huge. You're looking to create this advantage. So let's yep. say Vivian, Ooze, uh, Hange, obviously, right? It all accomplish that. So, well, that's the thing. It's like I leave in Gem Razor to target the Hange. But, you know, if I get to kill that turn three or turn four or, or even later Stone Coil Serpent, that's just gravy, right? I mean, you're, yeah, that's you're, very true. you're so far ahead in that match. So. Yeah, just just don't. Yeah, bottom out in the mirror, guys, for sure. Um, all right, and then let's talk about the last the last creature I want to discuss here. Um, Voracious Hydra. This is a mm-hmm. card which, as you know, it's always been quite good. Um, yeah, we've seen it in and out of these lists, and at the moment, it's not seeing that much play. Is it just because it's kind of like uh, overcosted and and the fight isn't super relevant, or what's up with that? Yeah, uh, personally for me, I've always felt like uh, Hydra is much, much better with Paradise Druid and some kind of ramp creatures. I see, yeah. Again, because you can activate your castle, let's say on turn four, and then you have a four or five fighting, or you can just, you know, double the counters or whatever. Uh, it, it's, it's definitely good, but probably, again, Primal Might uh, takes over from here and it's not really needed as much. Uh, because yeah, Primal Might is so good and so fitting for the meta game right now as well. Just, just uh, being able to clear Nissa or just load up for a big swing and 
yeah, it's it's pretty important. Yeah, Hydra is going to be very underwhelming if you don't have at least Paradise Druid there. Yeah. Yeah, it's more of a Simic Ramp type of card. Right, right, right. It's kind of the same problem as Wicked Wolf, huh? It's just kind of not. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, it's kind of like that, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's, it could be occasionally good for you to remove, like, uh, weaker targets. Yeah. Uh, again, the problem is it's too slow for Jolril. It's too slow for Priest of Forgotten Gods. You know, the best you can do is probably turn play turn three, uh, like, one, two, remove Steamkin, remove... Uh, whatever right uh yeah Risen reef uh yeah, exactly innkeeper but these cars also are not like as relevant the, anymore like not. it's more about joel rail priest of forgotten gods and primal might is a perfect fit there too yeah yep excellent okay well that that rounds out the common creatures that get played in the archetype all right so let's talk about the planeswalker suite here because i think this is another thing that uh, people are kind of wondering about when they're building this deck, you know, mm-hmm. because there's just there's a number of options and they all look pretty good. So um, let's let's dive in here. Now, the first one I wanted to talk about, which uh, we're not really running anymore, is Vivian Champion of the Wilds. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, that's right. I, I know that you were high on this card for a while, yeah, but was absolutely. it was was it basically just because of the Yari and Luca matchup that you were running it? Uh, yeah, you know, to be honest, uh, not, not, not exactly because I, even before that or after that, I was, I was doing it really successfully versus like Azorius, Yorian, and Bant, and, uh, Soltai even as well. Uh, but things changed with M21. So sometimes like this is like, this was one of the ways you could really outgrind in these matchups, outgrind your opponent, even the control matchups. But uh, that's not the case anymore because, uh, first of all, there's a new threat of Ujin. So it's, it's going to yeah. put you on the... It kind of puts you on the clock. It's not really that important. Usually the game ends before that. Uh, sometimes you can also, like, answer Ujin even, like, with a questing beast or you can have a serpent in play or whatever. Uh, but still, that's one, one of the bigger factors. And then another one is probably even bigger one is that... Uh, these decks have now access to Joel Rail, and uh, it's one of those ways they can actually pressure your Planeswalkers back. Yes. Especially mm-hmm. uh, especially uh, uh, someone like Vivian here, because she's pretty low on loyalty. The reason we got away with that in the past is because there was no way for them to pressure the Planeswalkers in any way. So it just goes completely unchecked. Right until like probably ECD, and it's also great if they hit it with ECD because the thing that like you probably want to minus two immediately, right? Yeah. Next turn you probably plus one and then minus two uh, again, and whatever whatever early board you have, you can keep attacking safely with that whatever. But it's not the case anymore, uh, mostly because of Jorel. Again, uh, just the, the remaining loyalty is way too low. It's enough for just one Panther attack, and then yeah. you. And then you definitely don't want to sit back and protect your planeswalker and not attack them. Yeah. I don't think that's a good strategy either, uh, because you know eventually there's a Tef that's going to come down and it's going to prevent all the flash from happening. So, yeah, uh, not not my choice uh, lately for sure. And I think for these are these are pretty uh, clear reasons as well. Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds good. So let's talk about I think one of the biggest 
uh, kind of controversies in the Planeswalker slot at the moment is whether to run Vivian Arkbow Ranger mm -hmm. or the new Garrick, Garrick Unleashed, yeah. right? Because yeah. these both occupy the four mana slot. And they do somewhat similar things with the plus one ability. Mm -hmm. So um, let's talk about... Okay, first of all, have you been at all impressed with Garrick Unleashed? Um, I can't say it's been like, uh, you know, something something out of the ordinary, but uh, it's definitely a solid card. I like it. It kind of... It indeed works in a similar fashion. Um so the the key difference is of course being the the difference in the plus one right uh counters instead of uh flat plus three plus three until end of turn i think uh maybe in this sense like if we're talking about like a control control matchup such as uh, i don't know bent or uh, azorius uh, control or something like that esper even maybe uh this is where it's probably like about even Maybe you're, you're fine there because, you know, you usually either, like, close games pretty fast or they just end up stabilizing, right? And it doesn't really matter. Um, it, it's pretty even in that sense. Uh, all in all, I think Vivian is just still superior because of the minus five potential as well. That's absolutely huge. Oh, right. Um, yeah. I think you, you were also on stream that time where I managed to get the Garrick's ultimate resolved. <laughs> Right. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I did see that. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think you. I think you caught that. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, that was a thing uh, where, you know, like it's definitely interesting, but it's also a little clunky, right? Because you, yeah. you know, what do you do? You 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 find your haste creature and put it like at the end of turn on board, and then it just dies, does nothing, right? It's probably not something you want to do. Uh, but okay, like that potential is still there. Uh, the big difference. Uh, when it comes to Vivian in these matchups, is actually making a body is pretty good. Sometimes right, they can, was... sometimes they can, yeah, sometimes they can hit you with Shatter and uh, like before you play your Vivian, they could yeah. go first or they could go grow Spiral Shatter, stuff like that. And then Garrick is definitely better. You're already like keeping up on board and uh, so yeah. Basically, what I decided to do recently is I, I felt like I felt still the need of a Planeswalker on four. That's like the best. Thing you can do probably in these sweeper matchups, mm -hmm. and I just split it between three Vivians and one Garrick, and I have two extra Garricks in the sideboard versus Shadow of the Sky Extinction Event decks, and uh, that worked that worked uh, well for me. Honestly, uh, you know some upside, some downside compared to Vivian. Uh, you know the downside comes to reclamation because again Vivian can protect your creatures versus shadow this uh, versus storm's wrath. Yeah, Vivian can actually get get you out of range and get out of range herself. Garrick also survives uh, storm's wrath, but you know still I think like the the effects are a little inferior there. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. It worked for me. I like the new Garrick, and I, I I would happily play it after Vivian rotates out instead, maybe like three copies in the main or whatever the case may be. Right. Um, and yeah, I like it. I like it. I, I, you know, from my experience, again, it's it's probably one of the best things you can do is play a turn four Planeswalker on curve. It feels great. You know, you raise a really good point there, which is we've been a little bit spoiled with Vivian because she's just. I mean, she's just so good, and yeah, right. She's so on plan for the deck, and yeah, the question of which one to run is going to be a moot point in a couple of months. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, 
Yeah, I, I, for me, I think I still favor the Vivian uh, in a, in a lot of matchups. Just oh be- no, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and I can see uh, from your from your main deck decision, it looks like you do as well. Um, mm-hmm. Just because, yeah, the counters sticking around is so relevant, and she, it's like if you plus one Vivian on any creature, that creature permanently becomes a relevant threat. You know, it's like yeah, yeah, it's like this happens quite often where you 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 know let's say there's a wrath or something or just some i don't know things go down and you're left with your one one from heart's desire yeah and vivian just turns it into a three three and you just keep smashing face you know and it's like yeah that was yeah that's always such a great feeling i remember like that being so big uh when i was running like paradise druid and theros even. oh yeah if you have a one drop and you have played turn three vivian that's just insane right you're <laughs> it's like nasty a, yeah, you turn a one one to a three three immediately, and it's, yeah, it's yeah. really good. Yeah, so it's just so that's one of the things that Vivian has going for it. Um, it's also Vivian's. Um, it can actually be really good defensively as well. You know, it's yeah, like, exactly. That's one of those big uh, struggles with Garak sometimes is that you know maybe you want to plus right, and then because like the token doesn't have reach right you have no protection sometimes versus a flyer or something like this yeah you and you plus and then you just can't attack and it's kind of like you just plusing your garrick for loyalty not doing much with that vivian does not have that problem she's going to she's going to be on the money no matter what ability you play no matter like at what point in the game yeah uh, yeah that's yeah. a big difference there and it's even it's like you know garrick's ability to make a creature is definitely relevant but, you know, here's the thing. It's like even in a Bant matchup or in a Reclamation matchup or whatever, like they cannot afford to let a Vivian sit around, you know? Because it's just yeah. like, what, it's like Questing Beast off the top. That's a 6-6 six, six haste, right? Any yeah. Anything off the top is a problem. So, um, you know, it's not necessarily where you want to be. But, you know, I've, I've won so many games where I, my board gets wrathed, but I kept my Vivian and I just yeah. anything off yeah. the top was again it was just a relevant threat you know yeah again again i've been i've been just relying relying on that forever for as long as i can remember just to turn turn three planeswalker uh turn four planeswalker is like it's what's gonna get you through those shadow the sky matches that's pretty much it doesn't get doesn't get any better than that yeah so just don't you know don't look at vivian and think that she's terrible on an empty board like you know, it's it's not perfect, right? But um, if your opponent's not answering it, like Vivian ticks up quickly and you minus it and then you get a hasty threat from your sideboard. So, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's still huge. a very that's relevant a, card. Yeah, that's a game changer. Yeah. Again, Garrick's ultimate is, again, it just takes takes so much longer to go and then yeah. uh, to get to and then to, you know, <laughs> the way you use it is also like it could be a little clunky. I mean, the fact that you do it every turn is very powerful. Yeah. But yeah, like, you know, it, it probably, again, Garrick is more fitting like for like even heavier mid-rangey decks. It's kind of weird card, right? In, in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like you have a super aggressive plus one. You have... You have a, an ultimate that doesn't really benefit the you know that 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 aggressive plan right because you like you want to be jamming some big threats like Elder Gargaroth of that ultimate right yeah and yeah things like that I mean I never really get to the ultimate anyways <laughs> uh, but you know making bodies is pretty good like making yeah. bodies out of thin air 
it's pretty it's pretty good regardless that's like that's where the potential upside lies like just because it's very different right again your planeswalker is kind of protecting yourself in a decent way it's kind of like you know that um the ajani from m m20 right that makes pride mate tokens yeah yeah i mean that's pretty big that's pretty important uh off of garrick you can hit a lot of like relevant uh, synergies in your deck let's say you can trigger your preserver you can pump your pelt and yorvo and things like this you can make a mutate target if you need to so it's it's all pretty interesting still like i think that's just you know that's a solid solid point uh, with garrick you know Mm, it's a really good point Yep. Yeah. It's a really good point. These are the these are the subtleties that you don't quite think about when you're just looking at the deck list. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all this stuff comes up, man. It really does. Um, and also having having both of them in in the field is ooh, insane, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty go. good. I mean, I would do it again like I like three copies of each legendary permanent right to yeah. kind of not get screwed by the legendary rule and then you know, that's why it's like three in one. Yeah. So, okay, so now let's talk about the next Planeswalker distinction here, which is that um, a number of people recently have actually been adopting Nyssa again in these decks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which and it you, makes perfect sense. Yeah, you weren't seeing it for a while. But, okay, so so let's tackle two questions here. Number one, why are people playing Nyssa again? And number two, mm-hmm. why is it Nyssa and not Vivian Monster's Advocate? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, honestly, I think that kind of like, the answer will be for the both questions too, because Primal Might is there now. Primal Might is out, and it's just doubling your mana with Primal Might. There you go. Sounds pretty That's good, pretty right? Good. That's pretty yeah. much it. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I think without Primal Might, uh, you know, I think I would still give the edge to maybe even Monsters Advocate. Again, they, they were kind of even before, I would say, like Vivian. Like Monsters Advocate and Nissa were kind of like even, but now definitely the edge goes to Nissa, mm-hmm. uh, just because of that Primal Might synergy, and also probably because the Ugin is there now. It's gonna be yeah, unaf- uh, a big the one. lands are gonna be yep. unaffected, yep. so that's important too. Yeah, and also you know like uh, him minusing for five, also gonna hurt themselves a lot more like you would have to exile your own nissa if right. you play it off of ugin there so right things like that so and then here's another thing that i really like about nissa is that um in that classic like playing a planeswalker into an empty board thing you get that haste token yeah. and yeah that can be really tough you know it's like i think that's great yeah yeah that's one of the things that i love about about Nyssa over the Vivian. And then another thing is, again, like, it's just these broken War of the Spark Planeswalkers that come down with so much (laughs) loyalty, right? Right. Because it's a difference between three on the Vivian versus five on the Nyssa. You know, it's like you pass... It's huge, it's huge. You pass the turn with Nyssa at six loyalty, and that's like, you know, in the mirror match, you're like, you're looking at a board stall, and you're looking at your Mm -hmm. opponent tick their Nyssa up to six, and you're like what am I going to do about that? Mm-hmm. Like, it's mm-hmm. such a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it feels, it feels like still bizarre to me, like that, you know, I, I would probably, you know, uh, I don't know. I would make this in a way that you plus and you double the mana. Yes. Like I, I would not make it a passive ability and maybe like minus two, create the land. Make the three, three. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Or something like that. Because, 
it's it's like one of those games I played, one of my losing <laughs> matches versus Nissa Reclamation. I play my Garrick, right? I minus two for the token. <laughs> and and my planeswalker goes down to two loyalty. They play Nissa. They play a haste vigilance. And, and they, they go plus. up to six loyalty. I mean, this, I just felt like, I mean, wow. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, wow. Can, can you just like stop for a second and think about that? Yeah, yeah. pretty absurd, right? So, but yeah. yeah, I mean, um, honestly, I'm still, it's kind of like, I've been sticking to what, what's been working for me. I'm not running any Nissas because, again, I don't run any mana accelerators and I have 24 lands. Yeah. So if you opt to go for Nissa, uh, I had to be fair. I haven't tested it that much. Again, post board, you could also bring Nissa in. I think uh, Hamilton Santos was the player uh, who had the most successful mono green run in the past. Red Bull. He lost in he lost in the top eight. So he he nailed the top eight. That was pretty good. He lost to Javier Dominguez. I mean, the match looked very hopeless too. And again, he had Nissa there, but was unable to play it. On curve, yep. I mean, yep. he got a little bit mana screwed, but still, it's kind of a tough challenge in general to play Nissa on curve off of twenty four lands. Like, Absolutely. it's not very consistent. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like I ended up running twenty five lands in my mono green builds, and mm-hmm. I still sometimes had trouble hitting my fourth land drop. So, right, yeah, yeah, I I totally agree. That is just five mana spells in general, and not you're not guaranteed to be able to play them in this deck. Yeah, so my philosophy there uh, is basically like this is where I like Garrick, where it has kind of a similar, you know, Vivian offensive potential with that plus, right? Yeah, That's what yeah. I want to be doing. I want to trample up my love struck, right? So it doesn't get chumped by anything and just swing and hit hard and be fast and furious and all that. So my th- my problem is Nis- with Nissa also is again like Nissa requires the land count to increase and or like introduction of ramp creatures like paradise druid also again i saw i saw a version with lanoir visionary now that's actually a good one that's a good point uh you know but again it's kind of like the same situation for me like for for the mono green aggro deck it's a kind of a tough challenge to increase your number of lands or play mana creatures and then what happens if you don't draw your payoff spells? Again, you yeah. don't have the same potential as Grove Spiral as Uro. You're not getting draw draws. You're not digging, right? So it's yeah. like kind of there's no way for me to accelerate. Like I have to really like get lucky and pull it out. Pull, pull yeah. one of the two copies probably, right? That's what you would run. Maybe you would run like two, three, probably two most likely. So you have to draw it and then you have enough lands and then you want to have a mana ramp too for that, right? Ideally. But yeah. there's no way for you proactively facilitate that process, right? Like you won't get a draw. Like, okay, Lanoir Visionary is probably then the closest thing you can get because you get a ramp and you get a card draw. I think that actually makes most sense. Yeah, it does. And I think the problem there is just that it's like, see that that really comes down to what's your deck trying to do right Mm -hmm. because like i i don't think a yavo deck wants to run the visionary Uh, yeah yeah that's the thing right you're giving up your offensive potential as soon as as soon as there's some kind of ramp you're giving up your offense so you better you better make sure that you hit 
you hit that payoff. Yes. Right. <laughs> that's kind of the that's kind of the classic ramp. That yeah. I guess you could say the the non broken ramp. That's what the philosophy is right. That's yeah. why it's like a, a classic fair ramp. You yeah. hit your lands and you hit a decent decent amount of your payoff spells to compensate for the loss of like that early game, right? Yes. So and again we go to the problem where Growth Spiral Uro ramp doesn't have that problem at all. They're gonna be fine because they get in a draw. They're yeah. gonna get to their payoff spells quicker, if anything, right? Or well, at the same pace. Well and here's the other thing is that their payoffs are like massive payoffs you know it's like yeah, yeah. they they play a crisis for x equals six or x equals eight right mm-hmm. i mean that's a that's a big payoff yeah whereas you know it's like if the if the best thing that our deck can do is put down an elder gargaroth it's like okay yeah. that card's good right but it's not an ugin yeah. it's not a crisis it's not mm-hmm. you know it's not one of these cards that's just gonna radically reshape the game yeah so yeah, I think that that's one of the tensions, and it's why I agree with you that it's like, you know, I've seen people running these lists where, yeah, they're trying to run the Goose or the Grazer or whatever to just kind of mm-hmm, get out mm-hmm. ahead of it, and I think it's misguided. You know, to be honest, if I were going to try to add a ramp element to my list, it would probably be mm-hmm. Paradise Druid, um, yeah. be- just because that thing can attack, you know? Yeah, right. And it's like, like it still pumps your pelt collector, you know. It's still it's like if you put two counters on it with Nissa, it's a four three hex proof. You know, it's like it's it's okay. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't right, die to right. bone crusher before you got your value, you know. I, I would agree with that too, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Now now I find that also, you know, problematic. Um just the ether gust, you know, your payoff spell gets ether yeah, gusted. Yeah. It's the same reason that at some point I, I went back from from Paradise Druid, because it's basically, it's basically like a huge nightmare. Where yes, you want to play a four drop on three, but when you do, you eat a dispute, dispute, you eat a gust, and then it's kind of like, wow, what do I do? I might not even have enough lands in my hand, and do I do I actually top this payoff spell or do I oh, bottom it? Yeah, that feels so then bad. if I. If I top it, my Paradise Druid is tapped now. It gets removed, and that's it. I lose the game, right? Yeah. It's just horrible. So that's kind of like I decided to go with a pretty straightforward curve and not, you know, try to try to do this some somewhere in between, right? Be kind yeah. of ramp or the thing kind of thing. So that's why that's that's basically my take, you know, on it. And yeah. uh, I think it's still like fair to to run maybe Nissa in the sideboard, but again. I don't want to hurt my hinge. I still get flooded off of hinge sometimes, uh, even on 24 lands and stuff. So, yeah, that, that's been my philosophy. So, I run currently two extra Garrick's versus control matchups. Okay. Uh, that's, so, that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. 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 I don't run this, uh, and I run 24 lands, and it's kind of like I know where I'm getting no matter what, and I don't need to worry about that. And that's yeah. pretty much the, my story. Yeah. So, you're, so, you're staying focused on being an aggro deck. And yep. you're staying focused on consistency. Yeah, yeah that's are, pretty much it. I'm not trying to spike anything. Yeah. Uh, maybe, the, and that's totally fair. I think if you want to keep up, that's what you have to do. But I don't think it's just consistent enough as, as yeah. the blue, blue green ramp. Well, and I mean, you know, if you can smash face without having to reach for those five mana spells, then I mean, yeah. so much the better, right? It's like, we, yeah. It's not like we're running out of things to do with our mana. 
So. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like yeah. most likely, you're not. Uh, I mean, until it's like irrelevant anyway. Exactly. But, yeah. But exactly. but the thing is, yeah, it's like, um, you know, it's it it for me. It also it comes from the, these patterns that are probably, I mean, somewhere close to muscle memory already. Hmm, it's so. like uh it's it's some you know it's it's sometimes still hard to do the math several turns ahead especially like let's say they play they have Joel rail and they run like a four mana tef and then what and you start thinking right you have this attack in front of you and you start thinking well what's going to happen are they going to phase you out? Are they yeah. not going to phase you out? Yeah. Are you attacking the Tef? Are you attacking them? How are they going to block? Are they going to block with this Panther here? Are they going to trade? Are they going to chump block? Are they going to double block? Are they not going to block at all? And it's like, wow, it becomes infinite. It becomes like virtually impossible, right, to yep. do the math. Uh, but the, the thing about it is like also I think like the, the patterns – like have been working for me when it comes to this build, just building this offense. I mean, I get it that like primal uh, primal might Nissa is cute, but you know, it's just like uh, I'm not a, yeah. not a very big believer in the consistency of that. I don't know. Yeah, we we see uh, a lot of like pretty big successful players even these days, uh, pro players running mono green and uh, you know. Obviously, Primal Might is amazing, but I think that, you know, turn five, I, I would rather just play Primal Might and end the game. That, that's uh, it. By itself, that, that could be very well enough. You so know, just from my experience, I think it's fair as well. We do, it's like we don't need to, like, destroy the game, right? We just need to win the game. <laughs> it's yeah, like, right. It's like just mm-hmm. get your opponent to zero. Don't get worried about trying to have some big fancy finish don't get worried about just like Mm -hmm. you know killing them twice over or whatever it's like you know that's right yeah basically yeah that that's a a good point too because i mean you can only play one spell a turn right it's kind of like um it's basically like if you're actually not casting out your hand i think so again like the way i'm building is basically like that's it. You, you're gonna you're gonna play. You have, you have to hit your one, two, three, four, and that's gonna be ultimately pretty much it. Yeah. Now you just have to build it in the most e- efficient way, right? So this is where you don't want to overload on four drops. You don't want to these like high payoff spells, like too many of them either. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because you know what? Like pelt collector is good enough, right? Barkhide trolls good enough. Like yeah, I that's think, already gonna get you somewhere pretty in a pretty solid fashion. Yeah, like that's what the deck has proved is that you know you can just curve out and kill him. Like that's and and that's one of the reasons this deck has been doing so well is that it can do that and it it's pretty good at doing it. Yeah, so. it's designed to do that, right? Yeah. It's like yeah, it's pretty much people people like uh, sometimes you know I notice somewhere in, in chats or whatever. Oh, look at him. He's got a one, two, three, four. Oh, he's just curving out. Oh, he's, well, that's what you're, you know, read, I don't know, read Frank Carsten's articles. Yeah. Yeah. And you will understand that that's uh, totally what you can do and what you should be doing as an aggro deck. That's yeah. pretty much it. And also you, you probably cannot expect to, to play consistently a five mana spell off of 24 lands. And then, you know, it, yeah. the discussion starts from there. Like, what are you trying to accomplish? And 
things like that, right? So that's that's pretty much it. And it, it got me so far. I'm still a believer in that. Last run did not go like too well. I went five three. I played through all my rounds. I didn't need to drop, but uh, I got good experience from that. Only like reinforced some of the some of the points and some of the sideboarding plans. So I'm gonna try again and should be you know should be solid as well in my yeah. opinion. Like th- that's it. Like also I think. Uh, you can't really push it anymore. Like it's good to it's good that you have, of course, different options available. But honestly, uh, yeah, there, there's not much you can really do. So we have to kind of, uh, you know, it's been said and done before on what the standard is right now. And and honestly, like the chance, you, you still definitely have a chance. Uh, and uh, you know, it, it it will get you somewhere. Like I'm trusting I'm trusting my judgment at this point, And you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it. I mean, you have the results to back it up. So, you know, um, that's, uh, yeah. So, okay. So before we head out here, uh, just a couple additional questions I wanted to ask you. What do you think about uh, mobilized district in the mana base? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess it makes sense if you're not running. Uh, I mean, I kind of want to say that, right? Probably if you're not running your role. You mm. should be fine. Yeah. However, it's still kind of, uh, you know, I remember, of course, that uh, Mobilized District won me quite a few games in the past. I've been running it even with three Yorvos, but it's probably, you know, I decided to step away from that. The reason for that is, uh, I guess if you're running Chamber Guardian and you're running like Lovestruck, you have no Yorvos, it should be fine. One copy, I would, I would not go more than one for sure. Mm. Uh, but I find it, you know, still sometimes a little sketchy. Like maybe if you have less copies of trolls, maybe like like three or something, you cut cut on the trolls. Again, it's gonna it's gonna be a time still where you know you might want to play Heart's Desire Pelt. Yes, you might want to play <clears throat> Troll. You might to want you might want to activate your ooze. Yes, the ooze that it comes up a lot. Yeah, things like that. I probably would not do it. I think maybe it's not even that necessary. Uh, I would definitely not do it in my version. I have still two Yorvos, but yeah, honestly, like I remember from just my past experience, what if you want to play like double primal might even, um, you know, things like that sometimes. I'm, I'm so with you, you know, I, so I ran a version that was just running one of them and Mm -hmm. I was like, the moment I hate this, it's out of the deck. You know, it's like the moment (laughs) I have to play off curve because of this card, it's out of the deck. And mm-hmm. I just like yeah. it happened a couple of times and I was done. You know, I was like, whatever mm-hmm. win rate equity I was getting out of having this as a potential finisher was not mm-hmm. worth the win rate equity I was losing by probably, not curving probably. out, right? Right. I think, yeah, I think it's a very good point. It's like, that's what my deck does. My deck wants to go turn one Pelt Collector, turn two Barkhide Troll. Yeah, turn three Yorvo, mm-hmm. turn four Vivian, mm-hmm. right? And it's just like... And here's another thing, right? This is something that people don't think about. If your deck was 23 forests, one mobilized district, that would be one thing, right? But if mm-hmm. but you're also running Castle Garenbrig, so when you look at the yeah, opening hand, yeah. which is like... That could be good. That could be really bad. It's yeah, terrible. It could go south. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so that's the thing. It's like the castles complicate things as well. So um, right. overall, I don't know. I think people get greedy with the land. I... I would suggest not running it to be honest i really would mm-hmm. yeah sometimes you know it's also like uh 
the activation cost gets a little tricky. Four is a lot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure, you can reduce it off of like a planeswalker or a questing beast, but other than that, like it's it's rough. Uh, still, can be like can be sometimes where you have to even pass. You can't really even activate the land on demand. Also, yeah. Sometimes, oh, okay, I don't have enough mana. I don't have a four, or I want to do something else with my mana. Right? I want to play a ram through instant speed or whatever. And yeah, I think like of course uh, something like a tree top. Treetop Village would be pretty nice, uh, oh, despite absolutely. the fact that it's tapped. Yeah, uh, th- that could be good. Um, but yeah, probably. I mean, of course, I think definitely that if you are running one of those utility lands, um, District is the way to go. I would not try Bonders Enclave or Karn Bastion. Yeah, uh, again, because you District is good. It adds to that number of attackers. Or just finishing off of an empty board, uh, finishing the game, right? But yeah, it's pretty tough. It's a tough one. Yeah. Um, I think I would be more likely to run the district in the two Nissa version of the deck, mm-hmm. um, both because paying for it is easier yeah. and also because just the way you're constructing your deck to make that Nissa relevant is probably a little bit more friendly to the district. But um, yeah, probably. Yeah. But I, yeah, I think it's like. I think you you nailed it perfectly. It's like you really have to look at the number of Barkhide Trolls and Yorvos and stuff like that that you're playing in the deck because, yeah. you know, those cards, is, they just get so much worse off curve. Yeah. Double one drop, ooze activation are big factors too right yeah. now. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay. Now let's quickly touch on the removal spell suite because I think a lot of people are wondering, right? So like... Mm-hmm. How are we coming down on Primal Might versus Ram Through? Like, what, like, how do you decide your numbers of those? Uh, yeah, that's a big one, right? That's quite interesting. So, currently, like, for me, the biggest, the biggest, uh, kind of argument, I don't know, I, I saw a little, a lot of people just jump into four Primal Might's main, like, immediately. Yeah. Um, but for me, like, I'm not, like, that big of a fan of that. Again, like, if you're looking at the number of cards you should be running, I probably don't want to see uh, just just in general, right, versus a random, like, in a vacuum, right? I probably don't want to see two Primal Mites in the main. Like, again, curve comes first, like, in my opinion. Just your creature curve comes first, and that's why... Like, I, I'm pretty happy with what, like, the, the configuration I, I've come up with. So I'm running two in the main, two in the side, right? Um, yeah, again, uh, for that for that very same reason, Ram Through does not make, uh, does not make it in the main deck. Primal Might more so, because, again, worst case scenario, you just pump and attack, right? You can do it right. with any matchup. Ram yeah. through already requires your opponent having creatures. What if they are not running any creatures at all? What do you do then, right? And uh, basically, that's kind of like the biggest factor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Now, does so does the instant speed come up for you that often? Um, the instant speed again is is. Uh, a bit situational. It's more of a sideboarding tech for me. Ram through. I, I do run four copies now. So the biggest thing is probably like Nightback Ambusher. Yeah. And, you know, things like in the mirror match, right? In the mirror match, I also actually take out Primal Might because of the sorcery speed. Yes. Like I found it. I found it to not be that impactful, even when you play it, right? To, re- to remove your Lovestruck Beast, 
let's say they have to spend their entire turn doing that. Yeah. And also, like, even if they do, they most likely can't follow it up with, with an attack, right? Yeah, because the creature also, has damage on it. Mm-hmm. Right. The creature has a lot of damage on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, it's, it, 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 it gets punished by uh, ram through itself and you yeah. can't let's say fight questing beast not gonna not gonna matter right it's gonna be a two for one not <laughs> yeah. great uh yeah so basically ram through is very good versus uh you know things like mayhem devil and things like that right where you don't have to fight don't have to take damage honestly like primal might also is great it's kind of takes care of it of that problem as well uh, you know, because you get the stat boost, right? And right, right. Uh, sometimes a situation like Primal Might is better. In a few instances, let's say Cavalier or Thorns, you can like I don't know, you can clear it out, uh, clear it out, right? Let's say Elder Gargaroth too. Like yeah. this is where yeah. it gets problematic with s- some of these uh, like team or reclamation matchups right now because like depending on the configuration they're running, like. Uh, they tap out for the let's say if they tap out for the Gargaroth, it's actually pretty good for you because you can safely just primal might their Gargaroth easily. Um, and so and things like that. You, you know. raise a good point that even though our creatures in the deck are quite big, it can be hard to get to a six six, right? So it can mm-hmm. actually be difficult to have a six six available if you want to ram through that Gargaroth. So that's when the primal might comes in handy is that the size of your creature basically doesn't matter at that point. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty yeah. good. Again, I, it kind of depends on like the number the number of attackers, right? It, it's pretty awkward like if they have something else on board and you can't really attack uh, yeah. <laughs> because it's going to trade. So one of the, yeah, I'm really glad that you brought it up for the mirror match specifically because one of the ways that I've had the most success in the mirror match is, um, you know, double blocking is a huge part of the mirror. Um, yeah. You know, because like the size of creatures matters and your, your board typically gets clogged up and mm-hmm. ram through just destroys double blocks. It's, yeah. it's yeah. so good in that situation. Ranthor definitely takes priority there for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, again. Yeah, the stalemate, why the stalemate happens, right? Because you don't have good attacks, right? Yeah. They have good double blocks on you, or they just have, like, a big creature. And this is where, like, yeah, Primal Might just uh, kind of fades, in my opinion. Yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah, and especially, if you know, if you bought out your Stone Coil Serpent, then that's just, like... Like, because one of the ways that you you can actually sometimes win in in the mirror is like, let's say you have a big trample creature and you remove that biggest blocker, and then you just attack, you know, with like a massive trampler that you pumps with your primal might. Um, mm-hmm. You know, primal might is definitely a good combo with trample, but um, but again, it's like if you're taking out your big trample creatures, then it's it's less relevant there too. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, that's true. Okay, now now here's an interesting thing. Uh, I saw Li Shi Tian also was playing the latest Red Bull Russia event, and he was actually favoring Thrash Threat over either of these cards. Mm, and okay, that's interesting. The, and and I I didn't really understand why until I reread Thrash Threat and I discovered that uh, that can, you can actually use targets. Planeswalkers, yeah. So yeah. he was valuing it in like uh, probably for the Bant matchup specifically. 
Mm-hmm. Um, all, you know, any of these Simic matchups, right? Uh, running like, you know, the Teferis and uh, maybe even Ugin, stuff like this. So mm-hmm. um, what do you think about that? Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, that's a very interesting point. Uh, the thing about it is, though, like, in my opinion, there's probably no no fitting three cards, all the three cards, right, in, in decent numbers. Like, Primal yeah. might ram through Anthrash. I mean, the thing about it is, I think, like, Primal might is just more versatile overall. Like, the most versatile. And despite Sorcery Speed, I think this this would be my choice to, to clear Nessa, to be honest. I don't... Like, yeah, I mean, it's pretty good that you can do that. Uh, target Planeswalkers... Also, an interesting thing there is that you can't target your Stone Cold Serpent and hit something with that because it has. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> that's a really good point. Yeah, awkward. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, it's, it's definitely an interesting point. And coming from a player like that, uh, definitely deserves attention. No question about that. Yeah. But the thing is, still, in my opinion, that you know, if 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 Nissa untaps Bringing Pool or a Triome, I mean, you're kind of you kind of like. You're in trouble anyways, right? That's true. Yeah. Uh, and whether it's Thrash or Primal Might, I mean, in that sense, maybe it's actually like that sense, in that sense, right? I Maybe this is where Thrash actually helps. Let's say you can still, like, you're playing still instant speed. You can you can actually clear Nissa and not lose the game by, by them gusting the Primal Might target. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Like, the cards are very diverse. Yeah. I think you would. I would rather like sacrifice ram through for thrash. Honestly, this could be an interesting point. Um, the thing about it is, like, primal might is extremely important against an early priest of forgotten gods. I've said it like many, many times. Yeah. To, uh, for people to pay attention to that, because sometimes if they go first ram through or thrash are not good enough, not fast enough. Actually, like it got me thinking. Also, when it comes to ram through now, um, it's like you probably don't get this trample direct damage off that often. I probably don't remember it happening too often, to be honest. Like yeah. these days, somehow it, it, it became like res- less relevant. Maybe it's because like you're running less gem raisers now, um, and that doesn't happen. Maybe it's an interesting point. If that was the case, I would definitely sacrifice some of the ram throughs for thrash because the effect is literally identical. It's yeah. actually something for me to think about. The, yeah, you know, I, just consider yeah, it because I, I was really into. I mean, I asked him about it on his stream, and that was his answer: was just that you know, dealing with the planeswalkers was was that important mm-hmm. to him that he, you know, prioritized that over all of the other ones in his main deck. So yeah, that's quite interesting. Yeah, it is. I, it's very meta dependent, but it's just something to think about. It's another option, you know. It's another reason you might just like, you know, maybe you cut a primal might and a ram through from your sideboard, and instead you just run two thrash threats in that position, and you know, see see how they feel. Um, yeah, I think so far I, I would probably uh, I would probably maybe even consider cutting ram through altogether and mm, playing four, four thrash. Yeah, I think again this this this. Uh, application of primal might uh that is very different uh from uh, from the from those instant speed cars again right 
just kill, just clearing that turn to priest, or yeah. you can you know you can hit Steamkin very early. You can hit Knight of the Ebon Legion or Joel Rail in the same fashion yeah. off of your one drop. So yeah. that's kind of it. Like, uh, but honestly, if I think about it, so again, I'm not running any utility lands, so Thrash is going to be no problem to cast at any point. And yeah, it's actually, it's indeed quite interesting. Probably this could be the way to go. Because I honestly don't remember ram through direct damage, that remaining damage happening that often at all. It's like, right, like killing your opponent with like a big razor or something like this. Yeah, yeah it's, it's quite a good point, actually. It's Yeah, it's definitely an edge case. And in a lot of cases, maybe like a little win more, you know? It's like, it's not, yeah. it's not yeah, really... Yeah, true, really... very true, very true. You're already accomplishing a lot... Yeah. By removing a relevant threat, that's that's pretty big. It means also if you if you cast it, you have a good creature, you have a solid creature in play, at least one, and you're removing their target. So you yes. should be doing pretty well in that spot, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, there definitely some edge cases where like you're racing, and maybe especially in the sacrifice matchup, you know, yeah, it's probably like you're doing something. But yeah, it is definitely definitely a very edge case for sure. So, but yeah, just... I need to remember. I need to remember when was the last time I actually hit like ram through for lethal. It pre- like <laughs> off the top of my head, I can't even think about the last time. I, so. I've done it, but it was definitely yeah, it was definitely in these configurations of like four stone coil, four gem razor. Right? Those are those are really the situations. Right? Where it came yeah, up yeah, and... absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Now gem razor gets boarded out quite often, and you don't really have that. Uh, you yeah. Know, and again, it's, it's yeah. like you could do it with Vivian, you know, but again, it's kind of like if I have Vivian and a good target for yeah, Vivian. Yeah, you're already do, doing pretty well. Yeah, do yeah, I really exactly. need anything else? So, <laughs> I, you know, you could get Magical Christmas Land with it and like, you know, I have a... <laughs> I have questing beast in play, and then I yeah. give it counters with Vivian, and then I, ra- you know, it's like whatever. But. Right, right. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a lot of stars to <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. All right, my friend. Well, um, there, there's even more we could talk about, but I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Yep. Sounds um, good. Awesome. So yeah. So thanks so much for you know just joining me for another conversation and. Hopefully, after all of that, the listener will, you know, have some more tools in the belt when going to build this deck. And uh, Rint, before we leave here, uh, where can people find you online and what's the best way to catch up with you and your work? Of course. Uh, so, guys, of course, check me out on uh, Twitch TV slash RintMS. So these are just my initials, right? R-I-N-T-M-S. And the same goes for um, for uh, Twitter as well. You can find me there. Uh, the same goes for YouTube. I've been again slacking on my YouTube channel, but I have some still good plans for that. So check check that out if you're interested. A new video is coming soon. And uh, yeah, guys, I'm I'm playing some tournaments. I'm trying to stay somewhat competitive with this. Some interesting events to play. So yeah, looking good. Excellent. All right. Well, yeah, go check out Rent. He's uh, he's an excellent streamer. You know, always interacting with the chat. I, I learn things every time I watch you stream. So, and, you know, you're really open to explaining and, you know, considering ideas and stuff like that. So, yeah, just great, great streamer to watch. Um, also, I know you've been playing some M21 Limited lately and doing quite well in that format as well. So, 
Uh, yeah, I've been enjoying. I've been enjoying the draft. So definitely, I think uh, you know. I just I think it's important sometimes to to reset a little bit and, and play something different, something that not attached to a deck, and kind of be and kind of learn some things in general. Like do more math. Um, you know, I mean, combat is pretty good. I think. Uh, you know, I mean, in a core set like that, it's probably all about actually combat too, attacking and blocking and whatever. Pretty, pretty standard, right? So I, I pick up uh, some things from that as well, like for myself personally. Just, just gets you in the habit of doing more math, and you get faced with some like unusual puzzles, right, and situations. It's pretty cool, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So yeah, there's, there's there's more than just mono green to to this man, Maxim. So go. Yeah, go check out his channel and, and, you know, watch him do what he does. All right, so that's going to wrap it up. Uh, you can find ArenaCraft at, uh, you know, on our website, arenacraftpodcast.com. We've been publishing to YouTube as well. So, you know, if you don't want to listen on your podcatcher, you can find it on YouTube. There's also been some additional videos I've been putting out there lately. So if you want to check out more content. And... Um, yeah, I think that's that's going to cover it. Hope you guys have a good week and we will catch you next time.